This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children. But at the same time, I'm not your dad, so I don't really give a shit what you do. Tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast podcast is brought to you by the Westboro Baptist Church. The Westboro Baptist Church. Because gays, lesbians, and dead service people aren't going to protest themselves, damn it. So maybe like two years ago, I made my Facebook page a science enthusiast, and I made it just as a place to post things that I thought were funny or interesting, and of course to talk about atheism, because I didn't really have a place on my personal page to talk about it without getting just a ton of negative feedback from my real life friends. And I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it was going to go much of anywhere. I just thought it was something fun to do now and then just post things and see what happens. So I thought it was really cool when I hit 100 likes, 200 likes, 500 likes. Thought it was really cool when I hit 1,000. Then came 2,000, then 5,000, then 10,000, and 100,000, and then a quarter million. And today we just hit 400,000 people that follow the page. And I think that is absolutely ridiculous, but also it tells me that there are so many people out there who value science and skepticism, rational thought and reason and atheism that want a place to feel comfortable sharing those views and and want to know that they're not alone. My page is absolutely not a science page. I've said that since day one, and that was never my intention, was to have just another science page. You can go to literally over a hundred different places on Facebook or otherwise and find places that are strictly science. I mean, no shit, my goal was to create a place to share my own ideas, but also I wanted people to know that you are not alone in your skepticism. And it's important to have a place where skeptics and those who value science-based reasoning can come together to form a community, be it either in my group, the science enthusiast, or a place on Reddit like Skeptic or otherwise. Because the skeptic community is unlike the anti-GMO, anti-vaccine, or any religious community. Because they have a common goal in their mind, either eliminate GMOs, or make preventable diseases great again, or turn the U.S. into a theocracy. And these groups have been historically more successful than the skepticism movement because they not only have a common goal, but they also have a community that they can rally behind to support them. Churches have always been a place for people to gather as a community, which is why so many atheists still attend church, despite full well knowing there are no gods. And whether they're aware of it or not, and churches sure as shit are aware of it, they rely a great deal on having the sense of community to keep people in their congregation. But the anti-GMO and the anti-vaccine movements, they're also fucking religions. Their views are not based on facts. They're not based on evidence. Rather, they're based on some sort of grandiose bullshit conspiracy theory involving tens of thousands of scientists around the world. And just like religion, they manufacture their own ridiculous narrative, then go back and cherry pick the parts that best suit what they want it to say. And that's not how science fucking works. That's called a religion. The skeptic community has a wide variety of interests, such as defending GMOs or defending vaccines and debunking claims about vaccines being ineffective or deadly or somehow fucking causing autism. Others see religion creeping into legislation as a threat to the freedoms given to us in the First Amendment, not just to us skeptics, but also to religious people, too. All of these battles are very valid and necessary, but as a result of having so many interests, skeptics often don't agree with one another, and we often don't agree with the tactics each other's use, or we feel like our particular version of skepticism is the right version and is more important for us to defend what we think is right than to support others. And it's why a lot of people refer to organizing the skepticism movement as trying to hurt cats. But really, everybody wants to feel like they belong somewhere, even those of us that are in the skeptic community. But for us skeptics, we are often or maybe even always worried about tribalism. We don't like the idea of belonging to a particular group or a particular train of thought. And we dislike the idea of the baggage that may come along with that. Because after all, we criticize those who sequester themselves in these echo chambers. But that's not what being part of the skepticism community is. 
Because regardless what your views on the most important issue facing skeptics is, or even how some people go about employing their version of skepticism, it's important for us to have this community. Because having a community not only helps you feel like you belong somewhere, but it also helps others keep you in check if you go astray. It only becomes tribalism when we stop using evidence, when we stop using logic, and when we stop using science to inform our opinions and inform our views. When you have just one goal in mind, it's a hell of a lot easier to accomplish your goal. And the goal of my page, my group, this podcast, and I think the skepticism community as a whole is not to force GMOs, not to force vaccines, not to force atheism on people. Instead, our goal is and always should be to spread rational thought, spread critical thinking, and spread tolerance. Because if we're able to do those things, the rest will take care of itself. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and as always, I am joined by my acceptable friend, Natalie. See? See what I did here? Like, we're going back down. I think I was your great friend last time, but, like, I'm I'm lowering the bar, and every week we're going to step back up slowly this time till I'm excellent, and then probably, you know, just go back down well, again. If you, but if you lower your expectations, that means you can more easily exceed them oh yeah I, I don't really know how it works but um how are you today oh you know how Just, are you I'm I'm all right I'm I'm still kind of in this like I, I came back from the UK on Monday and it's Sunday now and but I'm just like I had such a good time at QED that I'm now just still like okay well this is regular life when when is the next skeptical conference that I can go and be around like 600 weirdos like me for a weekend you know no big deal but um i'm okay i'm here i think they have psycon in what like a week yeah but but i i chose i chose qed over psycon because i'm not made of monsanto shillbucks yet (laughs) yet (laughs) i was gonna go within uh i happened to to buy a house so i have that happening so that now yeah. yeah, so I was like, get a house or go to go to conference on the West Coast or yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm going with a house. I but, yeah, not bad. Next year, maybe next year. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how to segue out of this. Normally, our segues are just kind of, they happen organically, yeah. and and they just they just happen, and and then and then we're off to our god of the week. But now. But now, now just, is this just, is this a smooth segue? This is, Me pointing this out is the fact this wasn't a smooth segue. This is I yeah. know it's the segue. Is this some kind of like meta segue or something? I don't know. We're talking about the segue. Meta, 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 meta I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> just segue. We're going to call this a segue, and I am going to talk about the god of the week. Um. So I'm going I'm going to go for it. Okay. Cool. All right. So the god of the week is Chernobog the mysterious Slavic god of evil and swearing. Like, it, this this one is meant for me because just, um, I think it was yesterday, friend of our show, um, Buck Mulligan, decided to give me shit because he says I swear more than he does, which is complete fucking bullshit. But anyways, um, Chernobog, the mysterious Slav- Slavic god of evil and swearing. The name literally means black god. He is just unabashedly, unapologetically evil. Like, with this one, there's no hidden agenda. He's just here to kind of fuck shit up. Um, he has a rival, which is Belobog, the white god of goodness. Because, of course, like, <laughs> the, the, evil, the evil god has the white evil. god as... The, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as always, as, as with all things, the, the the evil version are black and the good version is white. Yeah, let's let's just let's let's put a pin in that one. And um, so here. so let's let that hang. So if you're having a bad day, I guess you just blame Chernobog for your misfortune because he's he's just there fucking with your life. So this guy, he's pretty much just this like the Slavic version of Satan. So to keep him at bay. Because we we need to keep our gods at bay from just like 
wreaking total havoc on our lives. Um, the rumor was that people would would like swear they would curse into a bowl during feasts. So it's like this unholy swear box or something. And and it just as I was typing that, like for my little story here, all I think is just like religion is just weird as fuck. Like it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I well, and, and all I can think, I keep looking at this here, and all I can think is Chernobyl. Yeah, well. That's all I can all I can think, and that's, like, the jokes I'm trying to come up with. It's, like, everything has to do with Chernobyl. Terrible and destruction and, yeah, and despair. Which is not, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, none we, of it's good. No, none of it's good. We, we want to, <laughs> yeah, no, none of it is good, and, and we obviously and wouldn't it, go in a lighthearted direction. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly don't want to offend our listeners in Chernobyl, so... <laughs> Okay, so sorry to to any of those listeners that are offended right now. Um, so, anyways, Chernobog, I'm sure that many of you will um will be praying to this one. I know I will because I just have a terrible mouth, I guess. But because fuck it, because fuck it, and Buck Mulligan, you swear just as much as I do. Today, we are happy to be rejoined by Andrew Seidel from the Freedom From Religion Foundation um, to talk about an interesting encounter he recently had with, um, you know, everybody's favorite, favorite church, (laughs) the the Westboro Baptist Church. Um, Andrew, thank you for chatting with us this afternoon. Um, It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. (laughs) So... I mean, I assume that anyone who's listening to this knows who the Westboro Baptist Church is, but can you give kind of the Cliff Notes version of who they are? They are a cult that's based in Topeka, Kansas, and I think if you don't know who they are by name, you'll know them by their slogan, uh, which is God Hates Fags. That's also their website. Um, They are as homophobic as you can come, um, and they believe that America is being punished for uh, our tolerance of homosexuality. They protest the funerals of fallen soldiers, and they're just all around awful people who do all they can to seek as much media attention as possible. Yeah, so so lovely, lovely human beings that um, just, yeah, great. So where were they recently um, where you encountered them? So they actually came to Madison, Wisconsin, where the Freedom From Religion Foundation is headquartered. Um, it's not the first time that we've actually run into them. They've protested FFRF events before. Um, actually, at the la- the first Reason Rally, uh, we had an event with a couple speakers one of one of the evenings beforehand, and they came out and protested us at that event. Um, and this time, they were actually in prote- in town to protest two things. Um, there was a group of educators meeting at the convention center here in Madison, and then they went over to the campus of the University of Wisconsin to protest the fact that it's a party school, I think. <laughs> I mean, you never know where they're going, really. They're just like, we want to protest fun. You, yeah, are having, you have a good time living your lives, and I'm not okay with that because I'm a miserable human being. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, so they they don't like gay people, soldiers, or fun. So that's they don't or, like anything or America or India or Israel. I mean, the, the list Nothing. of things that they hate and that they say God hates. God uh-huh. hates blank. I mean, yeah. it's, it is an extensive list. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then I I came upon your pictures on Twitter, where I mean, you had some fantastic, fantastic pictures <laughs> on Twitter wearing. Um, a t-shirt. What did, what did your t-shirt say? So this is the new t-shirt the Freedom From Religion Foundation has developed, uh, and it's black, and it says, unabashed atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. <laughs> um, this is actually a play on an ad that Ron Reagan, not Ronald Reagan, Ron Reagan, <laughs> his son, uh, made for the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and he ends it where he says, Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. <laughs> and it was so popular, and people were saying, hey, you got to make some stickers and shirts, so we made one. Um, and it's actually quickly become, I think, my favorite FFRF shirt. And uh, yeah, so, you know, 
I, the whole shtick for the Westboro Baptist Church is we want, they want to get as much media attention as they can. So if you counter protest, you know, that kind of plays into their, they really like being the, you know, the persecuted minority. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of thought, well, hey, rather than giving them the attention they want, you know, we'll go take a couple, we'll do a little photo shoot and use it to sort of advertise our atheist swag. And then they'll <laughs> essentially be helping us fund a mission, yeah. the Freedom From Religion Foundation's yeah. mission that they hate. Yeah. So br brilliant marketing move right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you had some great pictures, but then also like, did you engage in discussion with these lovely folks from the Westboro Baptist Church? So so I didn't intend to, and normally yeah. I don't shy away from that. I, I really enjoy um, debating, even with the believers who are so, sort of most mired in religion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am not one of these atheists who thinks everybody is beyond hope and that you can't reason with religious people. I actually think that's a very dangerous yeah. idea to the secular Yeah, absolutely. Movement. Um, and so, but I didn't intend to engage with them just because that is what they want. Right. Right. That was, that's their whole, their whole point. But after we were taking the photos, I turned and, and said, you know, thanks for being a good sport, something along those lines. Yeah. And she kind of looked, she kind of looked at my shirt and read it for the first time. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm an, I'm an unabashed atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. And she said, uh, oh, well that's your imagination. <laughs> and I, I was, I didn't really understand what she meant, so I asked a clarifying. I, I, said, I don't think she understands wait. what she means. I, I mean, yeah. And I said, so wait, you're saying that that I'm imagining that I'm an atheist, that I'm not really an atheist, and and she said, yes, you're not really an atheist. There's no such thing. Something along those lines. Huh. And I, I assured her that's not the case, and that I am in fact an atheist. That I that there is no God, and I'm totally cool with that. That you and exist, then, you occupy. Like they are th these people are, are like they're like active like nihilist activists. Like they they believe in nothing, but like they want everybody else to, except for God, of course. But they want like everybody else to be like absolutely as miserable as they are. So they're going out like trying to spread this message of hate to everybody. But like they they hate everything. 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't even know if they, I guess they love the Bible, maybe. I mean, I don't really know. I can't think of anything that they, that they <laughs> say, we like this or we love this. They, they also, one of the big things that they do is they rewrite the words to songs, um, popular songs. They sing a few of them. They love yeah. music. They love music. And and oh god, I did, it, I did not oh, know that awful. part. Do you know? No, well, and I don't know if we can say that they love music because they no. torture it in, to a degree that is that's it, true. It's really unconscionable. Yeah. <laughs> they they hate it so much that they yeah. they torture it. They they yeah. hate everything. They hate everything. So nothing <laughs> nothing's fun. Life is terrible, and they want to share that with their you know brightly colored signs and rewriting of songs how bizarre mm -hmm. um mm -hmm, so so okay so you're you're imagining that you're an atheist mm -hmm. because of course you are um and i i remember I, I read in your um blog that you wrote about this um that it seems like there's just this general fear around associating somebody as being an atheist right oh like, no for sure and i think it, i think it's it's kind of two different things first Believers are afraid of atheists because they've been taught that we're these evil baby-eating people, and they've been taught yeah. that for a long time. And so there's that fear. But that's not the fear that I'm talking about in the blog. There's also just generally a fear that atheists actually exist. And this is what this is what she was kind of getting at. And you see this a lot. If you have ever talked with a believer and they've said, well, no, no, you're not actually an atheist, you're an agnostic, mm -hmm. that is this fear manifesting itself. And, mm -hmm. and what it is, it's just the fact that we exist and that we can lead happy, fruitful lives is a threat to religion. Of course. And that they are, the fear is a result of that threat. So they feel threatened just by us saying that we're an atheist well, and it's, being an out-open atheist. Yeah, it's an emotional response because their entire view of, you know, uh, deities is is based in emotion. There's no there's no evidence behind it. So whenever they, 
if like especially people like this that are just, they just have so much hate in them for just everything they they can't fall back on evidence they can't fall back on logic because it's not evidence basis there's no basis in logic there's no logic to it it's not logically consistent whatsoever so the only real response they have is to either get angry or to be like you said like that that they're angry because it's coming from a place of fear yeah and i mean and in in a way too we are just we are sort of a living disproof of their religion and and even of their god uh, you know, they actually the Westboro Baptist Church. Some of the members, including one of the the one uh, the woman who I was taking photos with, actually started tweeting at me last night and this morning. <laughs> um, and they were essentially saying that, yeah, you know, God's going to smite you someday. Oh, and okay. I so I I tweeted out and said, yeah, okay, God, if you exist, smite me right now. I'm still well, waiting. It hasn't happened. Yet. You're 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 talking to us. So um, I mean, like, do you like stuck like, your I guess toe I... today at all or anything like that? Like you dropped like a dish or. No man, I had some great pizza for lunch, and like life is good. Uh, you right? Know? Yeah, I, yeah. I think the three of us are here um, without without God's presence and enjoying our Fridays. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. But know. But I think it's, that I think yeah. that is part of it, right? The yeah. you know the, the Bible has all these terrible things to say about what happens to non-believers and those who spurn God, and we're walking around all happy, and none of right. that stuff's happening to us. So, right. I mean, it's it's a disproof of their religion, and I think that is a threat. Yeah. And, and again, I think that just having these kind of conversations, even just these little like 10 minute talks of, you know, without God, life is good, right? To put that out into the world, um, is I guess one, one thing that we can do on a regular basis to just say we're here and living, you know, fulfilling lives without fear of, you know, burning in hell. Because it doesn't it, exist. I think it's the best thing that any average, everyday atheist can do is to just be open about it and be happy and polite. I think that alone will undermine so many misconceptions that people have about atheists that it it'll, it will just do so much to help usher in the end of religion. Uh, well, you know, and it'll help us keep state and church separate. In, well, yes. in, but even then, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, earlier this week. I uh, saw a blog post by Hemant over at uh, Friendly Atheist that uh, the Lincoln Atheists put up a billboard that literally the billboard, it's like an outline of the state of uh, of uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I was like, am I saying the right state? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, was, I was here for you. I was here with, with geography it's for you. not Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma has the, has the handle. Um, uh, uh, outline the state of Nebraska, and all the text is, is the good life without God, it's possible. And then it has their link to their website, lincolnatheist.org on it. And it got taken down because they received so many complaints of people, uh, of, it, of it just existing. Just being yeah. there, just having a, a positive message, like not being provocative, not saying, you know, no, 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 or does it say, you know, even mention hell. It's I've, I've seen if, uh, driving up uh, on 65 from uh, Louisville to Indy, like the, especially the southern part of Indiana, there are, you know, every two, three miles, there is a billboard saying something about God, something saying you need to repent. Uh, you know, t- you know, telling you what to do, what to think, what you know that you should be scared of whatever it is. There's even there's even a a billboard for a Christian car wash. I tried to get a picture of it one time, but I, it it didn't come out right. But there's like a, like it's, it like advertises itself as like the Midwest only Christian car wash or something. So like what that. So like. Like Jesus washes your car and your sins all at once, or something. I like, don't know, and, and he never and he never gets wet. The water, like he's just got rainex like all over him, and the water just doesn't stick to him. Um, but I, I think you're right, though. I think I mean the billboard's a perfect example, and FFRF has had a number of billboards censored. All it is is saying that atheists exist, and that alone is a threat to religion. And I actually on the blog uh, on Free Thought Now, I went through kind of a number of other examples that that I've that I've personally run into, uh, you know, debating right wing radio hosts, um, or you know, just seen in uh, on on the internet. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, just our existence is a threat to religion, which is a very good reason. For for more people to come out of the closet. Yeah. And I think really all we can do is continue to share these stories. And on this episode um, that 
this little interview is going to be on, we are going to be talking about um, a a little case that you just worked on. So can you just kind of give a little intro to um, Jeff's license plate case while we have you? Sure. So Jeff was denied a vanity license plate by the state of Pennsylvania. He wanted a license plate that said atheist with a one instead of the letter I or no God. And the state denied him. And the only reason under the statute that they can be denied um, is if they basically offend good taste, which means that's why it was denied. And I wrote a letter to the Pennsylvania Department who handles this and explained that that's a violation of Jeff's rights. And uh, we got a very quick turnaround on that one. And it was a very solid victory uh, and quite rewarding. Jeff wrote a really nice blog about it. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, actually, Jeff's segment will be on right after this. And um, Andrew, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, again. thank you. It was, it was a pleasure, but we didn't even get to the, the best part of my interaction with those oh. folks. Oh, well, g- give it oh. to us. Sorry. Well, so I, I don't remember wherever we left off when, there, you know, the whole imaginary God. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she says to me, well, you know, and this is a tried and true go-to quote for believers. So everybody should memorize this rejoinder. Okay. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God, right? That's, it's from the Bible. Yeah. It's from Psalms. I hear it all the time. So the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, to which I replied, and the wise man says it out loud, there is no God. <laughs> and actually, I heard, I actually heard from Megan Phelps Roper, uh-huh. who was one of the kids who was stuck in this cult. Yes. Um, she just escaped a couple of years ago. She got in touch with me on Twitter and she said, you know, in all the years I said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I used that to shut down so many debates. Yeah. And I never heard that rejoinder. And it, it, just really struck me when I saw that you had said that. And it also, it really did trip up the protester who I was going at. She did not know what to say. She was very stunned by it. So everybody should remember that. It's not an Andrew original. I can't claim it. Okay. Uh, But save it for for your arsenal. Did you have like a mic that you dropped when you said that? Or (laughs) No, I I smiled and she shook her head and was stunned and then I walked away. All right. So so that that is kind of the version of the Andrew Seidel um, mic drop. Yeah, a big smile and I walked away. And I walked away. (laughs) Hey, that's that's how you do it. I think that that works really well. (laughs) It's always fun to be on, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank Thank you you so much. All right. Excited to be joined by Jeff Prebeg, who is coming to us with a very interesting story about, I would say, kind of like everyday atheist activism, in a sense, um, that connects to our former guest, Andrew Seidel, and the um, FFRF. And yeah, let's just get into talking about this event that happened. Uh, Jeff, thank you for joining us tonight. Hello, thank you. Um, can you just give us a little bit of just like who who are you? Where are you from? What's your role in kind of the atheist world? Okay. I I am born and raised in the Pittsburgh area. I live in the city proper right now. Um I became an atheist in high school. I I was teetering on it the the whole there might be there might not. I'm not sure. Um uh, it all changed for me on September 11th. I was like, if people can do this in the name of religion, maybe there's, I really need to look at it and there's nothing. Um, that went through college and just this year in January, I started, I read um, David Silverman's book, Fighting God. And that kind of really spoke to me of, I, I need to do something now. I, I have this passion for this cause in me. I need to express it outward. And so I've been involved with the local community here in Pittsburgh. We, the... CFI Pittsburgh group. Um, just, just It's more of a social thing right now, but I, I'm kind of working towards getting it into the activism movement. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think social is important too, because just giving fellow atheists a way to just be, to get together and be around like-minded people, right, is a, is a good start as far as community goes. Absolutely. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I never needed that. Mm-hmm. I was fine with 
I'm an atheist and, you know, whatever to other people, whatever other people say, whatever. But I've met other people that need that sense of community and I'm happy to give it to them. You know, I, I, I want to provide for for the people that think like us, the people that need it. We're there for you. If, if you don't need it, we're still doing other stuff. Awesome. We're still drinking. <laughs> yeah, still having a good time, right? Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so... The reason um, we invited you on today is because, um, well, thank you, Twitter, uh, for giving me ideas for for stories and guests and stuff. Um, it started coming through my Twitter timeline that there was this um, atheist in Pittsburgh that yes. applied for a license plate. Just simple, right? A vanity license plate like anyone could do. Mm-hmm. But there was a little rejection there. Yes. So can you tell us about your license plate story. Sure. It was early October. I, I've had, I've had a fascination with license plates. When I was a little kid, we did the license plate game on long car trips and I've always liked them, but I never had a, I always wanted a vanity one, but I've never had an idea of what to get. And I thought about it. Oh, maybe I'll get an atheist one. And I looked, Pennsylvania has a uh, database that you can search to see if it's taken or not. So I searched atheist, and that was already taken. So I looked up atheist with a one instead of the I, and that said that the plate was available. So I printed out the form, and I filled that one out, and I was thinking of other ones, and I picked no God, and that one was available. So I filled that out, and no God with zeros instead of O's. It was available. I filled the form out. I sent the form in, not thinking about it. You know, I paid the, I wrote the check, paid it. And then it was Wednesday of this week, um, last Wednesday, I guess it was. Um, I get a letter in the mail that said, "Was was it was it denied?" It was denied. I, yeah. I have the. They said your interest in the personalization registration plate program is appreciated. However, we are unable to process your application, and all it said was denied. Mm. And I got my original application back, and there's a red line like a pen line drawn through atheist, no God, no God, with the words denied written on it. It wasn't like a rubber stamp or anything. Someone took the time to cross it out and write denied. Well, that that's the part that got me. Like, as I was looking on Twitter, I see the picture come up and it's like, somebody really did that? Somebody red penned you? Yeah. And they wrote it twice, yeah. right? Yes. They wrote denied twice because denied. they wanted to be doubly sure that you, you know, know how to read. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was It was written twice on here. And that was... I didn't think it was necessary when I got the letter that said I was denied, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then, so you're, you're denied this license plate. And then, so you think, you must think to yourself, like, what the fuck? A little bit. I mean, I was, it's one of those things where to me as an atheist, you're not surprised. Yeah. You see all the stuff going on, like the Kim Davis situation. You're just not surprised by people, you know, pretty much shitting on atheists. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, luckily, actually, luckily for me, I went to the FFRF convention. It was in Pittsburgh, and I heard stories of people, you know, fighting against this type of uh, religious privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I knew where to turn. I was on Twitter, and I sent a message to uh, the FFRF, Andrew Seidel, and he responded back, said, fill out this form online. And so I gave him all the information I had, and he responded to he sending a letter to the PennDOT. And... And there you go. So, so he sends he sends the letter on your behalf, and then yes. they, I mean, they pretty much have no choice, right? But in the standing of the law, yes, they have they have no ground to stand on. Really, yeah. Um, yeah. there was a case in New Jersey. The same thing happened, but the state denied or you know rejected the FFRF's letter, so they sued. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, FFRF sued, you know, on behalf of the plaintiff and. They won $75,000 from the state of New Jersey. So so they're probably just like, let's give the guy the license plates. Absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. at, this, at this point, it's like there's – I mean, the turnover on this was really quick. That's what surprised mm-hmm. me too It's just how – Yeah, I, w- I was – like, They're like superheroes. These like atheist activist superheroes that just spring into action and uh, get you what you need. Yeah, I, w- I was shocked at the turnaround. I, w- I was thinking this might have been, you know, a two-month battle – going back and forth and all this stuff. And no, he sent the letter on one day and the next day I'm hearing that I got a, um, I'm sorry, I got a, uh, a notification or an email from a journalist at the Tribune Review in Pittsburgh. And she wanted to know about my story. And in the process, 
of me telling her the story and us going back and forth, she notified me that PennDOT already changed it. They've been trying to call me and um, they reversed the decision. See, that's awesome. Like just that it just like that. All it took is like some social media, a little work on your part, like yep. Twitter, Andrew, FFRF, help me. And and there we go. Yeah. And so we were talking before that you got some you've gotten some other like media coverage. Right. So. Yes. So what's that been like to just have I mean, to like make the papers for this kind of thing happening? It, it was fascinating because, again, to me, the idea of the atheist making the front page of the the, the major city's newspaper was just astounding. They, they sent out a uh, photographer and they wanted to get a photograph of me with all the stuff of on my car and all that. It was just overwhelming. I mean, I got um, Patheos, the, the, the Hemet Meta. He, he, caught, he wrote up a, a piece on his blog, too, and I'm like... I know this guy. He he's talking about me now. This is fast, fantastic. I was really stunned by the outpouring of support, also on social media from uh, atheists on Facebook and Twitter. Like the comment section just kind of blew up. Also, just why would you fight for this? And what's the point? And I got a couple. You're going to hell's, and uh, we'll pray yeah, for you. I got those course. as well, of course. But I I, I, f- I found a. I almost found it funny, you know, back in my early days of being an atheist, I kind of took that stuff to heart, like, oh, I feel bad that I'm upsetting these people with this. Now it's just humorous to me. Yeah. Do you think that that, um, your outlook on that was, like you said, you read David Silverman's book. Do you think that that affected your just kind of worldview as far as like you being an atheist and who you are with it? Absolutely. It was one of those, I had that, I had that passion and that drive already inside of me, but I never expressed it. And here's the president of a large national atheist thing going on Fox News and, you know, fighting and being angry and being passionate about it. And I'm like, it's okay to do this now. It's okay to speak your mind. It's okay to fight for A, what you believe in, and B, the actual laws. Yeah. Yeah. So to to actually just be out there speaking for yourself, but in turn, it's like, I guess you're speaking for other atheists too, saying like, absolutely, you know, if somebody else is in the situation, go for it. That absolutely. That's, that's a lot of, um, I got a lot of feedback from people saying, thank you for doing this. And in truth be told, I, I could, in a way I could care less if I got the plate or not. It's just a license plate, but I'm in a position in my life where a fight like that doesn't affect me. I'm I'm an out I'm a proud out of the closet atheist but for the people in like in our state for in, for instance the center is very very religious it's a very religious place and I got comments from people saying you know thank you for doing this I could never do that while I would want to I could never do it and that that just you know filled me with so much emotion to hear those stories from other people saying that they were happy that I I did this well, it lets other people know that they're not alone and that there's other people that think the same way and, and want the same things as them and that, that the, they're not – just like you said, you you know, you know didn't realize uh, whenever you went to uh, that convention that there, you know, there's other people that are going through all these other uh, you know, incidents of you know, discrimination or religious privilege and things like that. It's empowering to other people to know that there's other people going through the same, same things. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, so kind of in, you know, to, to close out this little segment and, you know, again, to say like, congratulations on, on your own little victory here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there maybe are people listening who are, you know, atheists themselves, but, but still not necessarily comfortable with that in terms of like saying it out to the world. Um, what's your advice for the people who are not yet open about their, you know, lack of belief and living a great life without God. The the first thing I was I was um, to be honest I was in a a pretty rough place dealing with depression earlier in this year and that's when I read that I read David Silverman's book and it kind of got me you know a little jazzed up and then I'm like so now what do I do I went on Meetup.com and I found a local our local organization. And that really, really helped. You know, I'm getting out of the house more. I'm, I'm seeing other people that, that think the same way I do. So now I have a support of local people around me. I 
at that time, I was also getting, um, I had like a personal Twitter account, but I changed it and I made the, the pit atheist one because, you know, I can, I can kind of hide behind that. It, it's not me that you're seeing, you're just seeing an atheist from Pittsburgh. And that really helped. I, I connected with, you know, orders of magnitude more people than I was on my Jeff yeah. account. Yeah, and, you, you have a good following there. You yeah. Do. Yeah. And it's, it's all great people. And, and um, I, I'm part of the social media group for the, CF, the local CFI chapter. And we're on Facebook now and we're trying to be everywhere and just letting people know it's okay to be out of the closet atheist. We're not doing any harm or anything of that nature. We're just ha- we're out having fun just like everyone else. And so I think using social media to your advantage, if you have to create a, a secret email address to sign up for this so no one knows, that's absolutely okay. Just just get your ideas out there and hear other people's ideas. It's, it's well, the way and I, to go. And I, and I think that's, that's how religious groups so often are able to continue to exist and, and go almost unchallenged is, is that you – it, it creates that sense of community within itself, it would, so that perpetuates itself. And so, even even though you have some people that are still, if you publicly identify as you know Christian, Muslim, what what have you, there it's more because they want that sense of community. They they, they belong to a group somewhere. They have friends and and family that are that that also identify as that. And so that's that's something that's I, I think is really important. And you know, obviously, you you guys are doing a great job on your end too with creating you know you creating your own sense of community and a place place to belong and in a place to be around people that think uh you know the same things that, that you do and have the same values and belief systems yeah, yeah and I, I think it's just like everybody kind of doing their own part like you know what you guys are doing on the local level of forming a community um you know what like ffrf does in terms of like kind of speaking for the masses in terms of activism and then you know, I guess what we do with our little show here, um, you know, giving people a chance to speak about what's going on. So I think it's everybody kind of coming together with this same message and shared values and, you know, going with the whole like, you know, life is is good and actually probably a lot better than it is, you know, without God. Than it's a it lot is. less complicated. It is a lot less complicated. It's, it's just it, it's just life. And yeah. I'm yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's yeah. The, the good thing about this is that it's you can do it your own way. If mm-hmm. I want to be the person on Twitter, you know, going after Christians, going after the religious people and, and shouting them down all the time, you can do that. If you want to be the one that just posts positive things and positive messages, you can do it. There's a place for everyone in this community mm-hmm. and the way that they want to express themselves. I mean, like you said, well, the, and, the podcast and, and the Twitter and everything, It's there's a way to do it. And, and you, I mean, obviously, you read Solarman's book, and that's you know part of his point that he makes in it is that you know we we need that we need different people doing different things we need people starting the conversation you know however that may be and then you know we need people come following up saying well you know that's what what one person says and then now we have a dialogue going with somebody that's maybe a, a little bit more. I don't know how to say this friendly, <laughs> maybe, maybe not as uh, in your face about yeah. things like that. And, and that's okay. We need, we need those people and not, nobody's, nobody's wrong in that now, unless you're saying, you know, all Christians are terrible people or something like that, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. That's a problem. And we can talk about that, but just getting the message across. I mean, the important thing is to have that conversation, to get that conversation going. And then, you know, everybody has their own thing that they can add to that. Yeah. And, and I think everybody really like is on the page of challenging all of these beliefs rather than, you know, going super hard on all these people. So it's just continuing to challenge the beliefs and being like, you know, the, the happy, like fairly well-adjusted people we all are in, (laughs) in regular life, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I think everybody doing, doing their own thing for kind of a, a common shared goal is important. So Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about what you're doing. And we'll have links to like your Twitter, your blog, everything in our show notes for our listeners. Excellent. I, I thank you for having me. This, this has been a really fun experience. The whole, awesome. the whole thing and also just recording on the show with you guys.
this week, the reason we love the internet is, can, can I say Pope Francis? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to say Pope Francis, um, <laughs> whose, whose Twitter page is essentially what happens like when your mom has Twitter. Um, because even and, his even his bio doesn't have punctuation. It's just like, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. Welcome to the official Twitter page of His Holiness Pope Francis. And, and I mean, that's it. Let, like, but fuck, not to be confused. Yeah. <laughs> not, so the Pope, yeah, we're looking at the Pontifex, uh, at Pontifex account, not looking at the Pontifex underscore S, I'm assuming Espanol. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this is cracking me up, but it said a Pope Francis. It says Papa Francisco. <laughs> I, oh, you you're so irreverent. You just you just Papa, can't. Papa Papa Francisco. Um which is I mean oh. it's just it just uh, I don't know everything's better in Spanish, I guess. I, I guess. Um, I guess. But yeah. uh the story behind this though is uh, I think uh, Andrew Seidel on on Twitter had made some sort of comments about how it's it's just fun to read the Pope's Twitter account and then just uh, like you do with uh, fortunes on uh, fortune cookies you add uh, the prepositional phrase in bed to the end of it uh, yeah which may or may not be a good idea to do uh, when referring to the Catholic uh, Catholic religion but, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, gonna... it's a good idea it's a great idea and yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so so this this why we love the internet is in honor of Andrew Seidel and it and there is, and we will put a link to it, there is an actual account that's um, a Fortune Cookie Pope account um, that tweets some of this stuff, but we're going to play our own game of Fortune Cookie Pope for you guys right now. Um, Dan, do you want to find one that you like? Yeah, uh, yeah. The sick, the poor, as well as the unborn are all made in the image of God and worthy of the highest respect in bed. All right, so... I entrust all child migrants to the protection of the Holy Family of Nazareth in bed. Because it's Catholic. So <laughs> I'm so sorry, like, to everybody right now. But we, I'm we not. Christians, we Christians have a mother, <laughs> the same mother that Jesus had. We have a father, the same as Jesus. We are not orphans in bed. In bed. <laughs> oh my god okay let's see yeah i mean and so, some of them are just like you know oh punishment should necessarily include hope in bed <laughs> <laughs> so the pope's into some bdsm that's cool totally um, is oh man um okay let's see what else do the we lord have? has entrusted the arch archangels with the task of defending humanity in bed. And let us try always to be united with Jesus, following him especially on the way of the cross in bed. Like, they're they're into some weird shit. That's fine. We know that they're into <laughs> weird shit. And and it's it's okay. Pope Francis, who doesn't use punctuation in his bio, which just it really bothers me. It's like, doesn't he have somebody? Who's in charge of his punctuation he's and not, copy? He's and not like sitting editing? here on a phone sending these out. I can guarantee you that the word of God can revive a hardened heart in bed. Of course it can. Of course it can. It can revive a hardened heart because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh my God, mercy can truly contribute to the building up of a more humane world in bed. And God is always moved to compassion whenever we repent in bed, like. <laughs> Where there is love, there is also understanding and forgiveness in bed. All right, and I, and can we can we end on Mother Teresa because she's awesome? <laughs> so so let let us let us imitate Mother Teresa, who made works of mercy the guide of her life and the path toward holiness in bed. She's a fucking that sick, saint. sadistic fuck. She yeah. So so yeah. Um, Fortune cookie pope, follow the follow the pope on Twitter and and just imagine all of, all of this Catholic debauchery in bed. We're horrible people, and well, hell doesn't exist, so we're not going there. So it's okay. I like the. I guess we'll have a bonus one here. Never abandon prayer. The uh, B was uh, written by, yeah. by by the pope here. Never oh. abandon prayer, <laughs> even when it seems pointless to pray. <laughs> In bed. Oh, well, man. I mean, it's always pointless to pray, though. So, 
there there's that too. Yeah, there's that. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you have comments, suggestions, hate mail, love letters, nastygrams, you can reach us at podcast at com. You can also find the full podcast archive at com slash category slash podcast. And also, if you enjoyed the show, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TSE podcast to get access to premium content and extended interviews and also early access to interviews. We understand that not everyone can afford to financially contribute, and that's totally okay. But if you can, just like James, Alice, all three of the Michaels, Chris, Sarah, Janet, and Amanda have done, we would be incredibly grateful. Natalie, hit us with a quote. Our belief is not a belief. Our principles are not a faith. We do not rely solely upon science and reason because these are necessary rather than sufficient factors, but we distrust anything that contradicts science or outrages reason. We may differ on many things, but what we respect is free inquiry, open-mindedness, and the pursuit of ideas for their own sake. And that is Christopher Hitchens, wise man. Indeed. Indeed. So, um, yeah, that was our show. Well, thank you for joining me this week. It was awesome. Right? For you? It was awesome for you. It was was pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, decent is all I'm ever going for. So if if we hit that bar, we're there. And then next week we'll be back with um, Herb Silverman, which will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good stuff. Do you want to pretend to hang up the phone now? No. No? I was just, just leave it. Just let it. Let it go. I'm just gonna let it let it hang. We're just gonna fade out. Adam's music is playing right now, and and we're just sitting here, and I'm like, you hang up, and you're like, no, right? That, and you're sniffing Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. I just I caught myself after yeah. the first time. Then I did yeah. Two more times. Yeah. The music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC, all rights reserved.